Hi, I'm Jess, a women's health enthusiast raising my family around the world. And like you, I'm a girl who's seeking solutions. And I'm Cody, a holistic health practitioner, functional nutritionist, and a period problem solver. Did you know that periods don't have to feel like a monthly curse? That's right. We want every girl to actually look forward to her time of the month because our periods can tell us so much about our health. It's time we start seeing our periods as our girl superpower. Yep, we are here to change the conversation about periods and everything else related to our health and happiness. Let's talk. Welcome back, girls. It's Jess and me. And again, we are excited to get into another fun topic that tends to be something that too many of us can relate to. And me personally, is something that I have struggled with for so long, for actually a couple decades. And I'm finally happy to tell you that I have pretty much overcome this. And so I'm excited to get into some details. We're going to talk today about how to get over insomnia. Have you Mm -hmm. ever dealt with insomnia? Yeah. I feel like I really used to struggle with not getting— I could— I've been able to fall asleep Mm -hmm. pretty easily my whole life. But I went through a phase where I really, really struggled Mm. with then waking up around like 1 or 2 a.m. and staying awake and then getting stressed that I'm awake and then rolling and rolling and rolling and then it's 4 and then anyway. So that's what I used to really struggle with. And then you're exhausted the whole next day. I know. And it's a vicious cycle. And the silly thing is that then what happens is then that night when you're going to bed the next day, you're like, okay, you're I more really nervous. need to get sleep. Yeah. I really, I'm getting tired. And then it's it just starts a cycle. the whole cycle again. Yep. It is. It's a very nasty trap. And so I'm excited to kind of explain why mm-hmm. you are experiencing insomnia and also why maybe you were waking up at that time of night mm-hmm. and also what it means when you have that anxiety and how to overcome that before you go to bed. All the things. Girls. And I'm so happy There's to tell you, ladies. Now I get the best night's sleep sleep ever. like a baby. You sleep like <laughs> yeah, a baby. I do. That's so great. I know. And I would say the majority of the evenings out, it's like amazing. I was just saying this to actually my mom, who also it's like a, a family thing. We all are insomniacs. But I was just saying it to her the other day, I'm like, I can't believe it. I literally like now go to sleep and I wake up at like seven in the morning. And I have never been able to do that mm-hmm. for pretty much the majority of my life. And I'm like, this is how everybody else has felt. Like I've mm-hmm. just like lived my life thinking, I'm so jealous of all of you people that just actually sleep through the night. Like you have no idea like what it feels like to have to function through the day with literally like two to three hours of sleep every night. Mm-hmm. And it feels so good to get good sleep. So it's so important, especially for us women. And we're going to get into that. It, there's actual scientific proof that proves that women actually need more sleep than men. Not that sleep's not important for men, but We're going to get into all of that today, but before we get into insomnia and how to get over insomnia, let's have fun. Let's get into one of our segments that we love called Mixers Girls Say. This one is so great. We're doing a summer edition. I love it. And it is this or that summer activities. Okay. So, Cody. Yes. We're going to answer these. Oh, we are. Okay. I'm going to tell you the percentage of what people chose, but honestly, every single one of them is almost split 50-50, so you and me will be the dividing. Okay. Would you rather visit a small town or a big city? Small town. I love small towns. Yeah. Me too. I love a big city for like a day. Yeah. And then I'm exhausted. I love a good, cute, little, quaint, small town. Yeah. Little tiny cafes. Mm -hmm. Love that. Little shops. Um, taking a road trip or a flight. Mm. I actually love road trips. 
They're fun. It's nice to get somewhere fast on a flight, but I actually do love the whole road trip experience. I'm kind of split down the middle right here just because I've flown so much. But what I've found in the last couple of years, I get so motion sickness or so motion sick on both. And that sounds so lame. I love traveling. Sure. But at the current moment, I'm kind of like, how do I just get to where I really want to go? Yeah. And just kind of, anyway, that sounds like I'm so lame. But currently, that's just been what I've experienced. Yeah. I don't like turbulence. I don't like driving like car sickness. Anyway. Yeah. Bummer. Going to work on it. (laughs) Um, Stargazing or bike riding? I'm bike riding. Oh, I love stargazing. I know. But I do love bike riding too, either one. But stargazing, there's something just magical about that. And I used to do that with my dad. So I think that I specifically just would have something with that. That mm-hmm. just sounds extra fun. Swimming or surfing? I'm 1,000% well, swimming. I have liked learning to surf before and I had a lot of fun. But like swimming, I really like. Yeah, I'm much better at swimming than I am at surfing, but I would choose surfing. There is nothing like that. Surfing is so much fun. And that's something, if I could choose to do that every day, I would totally do that. Okay. Festivals. Film or music? I'm music. Mm -hmm, Music. Or film. I love movies. I know it's hard to choose. I love movies. 86% was music festival. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like when you do a music festival, you can just relax and still like visit with people around you and enjoy the music and, mm-hmm. and you don't have to be so focused in on what's going on in the movie. Although that can be fun too. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard, but I, yeah, music. Okay. You listeners be thinking, what's your answer? Water park or amusement park? Uh, I like <laughs> both because my kids like both. That's yeah. the phase of life I'm in. I like to take my kids to do fun things. I can't do as big of roller coasters as I used to. <laughs> I do love a good roller coaster, though. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say amusement parks. There's hey. just something about a water park that kind of grosses me out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yes. I, I would for sure say amusement parks all day. Yeah. Hey, day at the beach, day at the lake. Oh, that's a tough one, too. Any body of water. I'm a happy girl. If I'm like— That's me, ha- too. Body of water. I love them both. Yeah. So I don't I'd know. I'd say lake right now just because I got back from a lake trip and it was so amazing. It was magical. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Last, would you rather stay up super late and sleep in or go to bed early and wake up early? I am a early to bed, early to rise Me kind of girl. Too. We'll start texting at like 5.30 in the morning. And it's perfectly fine because like we're both like, yep, I'm awake. I went to bed at 9 p.m. I'm good to be awake at 5.30. Yep. That's, I call myself a baby grandma because I, love it. I am such a baby and such a grandma that just needs to go to bed early. And I, and I like to get up in the morning and have that quiet time with the sun rising. I just love to start my day like that. I love hearing like the birds chirping. I love feeling super productive before like my house is awake. I love getting in my exercise early. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm more, that's transitioned in the last few years though. Yeah. I feel like first years of being a mother, it was really hard for me when my kids were waking up like as babies really early. And yeah. so this has like been a transition. Like, yeah. I can see how it could shift phase throughout of your life. life. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. That was so fun. This or that edition from our Mixers Girl community. Now let's hear about the why, Mm -hmm. the how. Let's get into it. And the what. The what. (laughs) All about insomnia. Let's take it away, Cody. Let's do it. 
Mixers is a company made for women by women. Each of our products have been carefully and lovingly crafted to support you in all stages of your life, providing you with the optimal health you deserve. Each ingredient we handpick is 100% all natural, backed by science and chosen specifically to better your life physically, mentally, and hormonally. Each product empowers your body to take charge of its monthly hormonal shift and flows, empowering you to live life to the fullest. Let mixers take care of your needs from sunup to sundown, and you take care of the rest. Check us out at mixers.com, M-I-X-H-E-R-S. All right, I'm excited to get into this because insomnia is something that I have dealt with for too many years and have finally gotten a handle on it. So I'm excited to share what I have learned with all of you. And what I hope today's episode becomes is kind of a woman's guide to getting over insomnia. So I wanted to start off talking about a study that I found to be really great, really cool, and I think you girls are going to like it too. So a couple of years ago, there were some experts that hypothesized that women need more sleep than men. They came to the conclusion that women's brains are actually wired differently. No doubt. We probably could have told them that, right? So their sleep needs are going to be greater than men is what they found out. And in this study, they also outlined how women are more affected by poor sleep or lack of sleep than men are. Um, we are much more likely to have like mood instability and also psychological distress if we're not getting good sleep. They explain that women need an extra 20 minutes in the recovery mode that is provided by sleep um, more than men do. So I think it's actually so fun. Obviously, I love research, but I think it's so fun to see the research that acknowledges our hardworking brains as women, right? And it's wonderful to have expert permission to sleep a little more. That is if we can sleep more. That's the key right there, right? So sleep deprivation, as you girls know, is way too common in the United States. I bet you've experienced it at some point in your life or you know somebody that has. And the fact of the matter is that one in three people in the United States do not get enough sleep on a regular basis, according to the CDC. And many women with hormone imbalances encounter extra obstacles when it comes to getting healthy sleep. Hormone fluctuations, things like after giving birth, you know, obviously that can interfere with sleep for many women. Also, not to mention just getting up often with a baby through the night, right? So can pregnancy itself. All of these different life phases, like hot flashes during perimenopause and menopause, all of this stuff can throw a huge wrench in good sleep. But as you know, getting enough high quality sleep helps women to balance their hormones. It's plays a huge part in hormone balance. Um, it's also a huge part of erasing period problems. And, you know, who we all girl, all of us girls really love a good um, dose of beauty sleep, right? That beauty sleep is real. It shows up on our faces. It shows up in our bodies and our posture when we're not getting the sleep that we need. So in order for us to look and feel our best, sleep matters. We need to get that sleep. So in this episode, let's talk about why good sleep matters for our menstrual cycle and how we can get more of it. So what I've come across is that there are four main hormone-related causes of insomnia. All right. So getting enough healthy, high-quality sleep is important for so many reasons. It helps our brain to detox. Um, it also helps us to be able to perform our best at work the next day. So I want to talk about some key things that get in the way, though, of good sleep for us girls. The number one thing that I have come across in my practice and working with women and talking with women and all of the studies that I've done is that 
it's adrenal dysregulation, okay? So if you remember the adrenal glands, they're those little glands that sit on top of our our kidneys, right? And the adrenal glands control our stress response. And when there's dysregulation in the adrenal system, what that means is that our body is in a constant state of stress or that fight or flight, um, that state where cortisol is just being pumped out all the time, right? So you are supposed to get surges of cortisol during the day and then none at night. But when the adrenal system is out of balance, the opposite happens. What happens is you'll have low cortisol in the morning, but then it peaks in the evening, leaving you with what that like wired but tired feeling that we talk about when you're trying to fall asleep, um, but you're feeling groggy and unable to get out of bed in the next morning, you know, all of that. It's like you can't get that good sleep at night. You're tired, your body's tired, but you can't calm down your brain. And so even if you do fall asleep, you're not getting that good quality of sleep. So you wake up feeling like a zombie the next day. Um, so cortisol, let's talk about that some more because I feel like cortisol plays such a role in all of these uh, things that we're talking about in each of these episodes. But cortisol is one of the body's master hormones. And when it is dysregulated, and basically that just means when it's not working the way it's supposed to and it's imbalanced, the body's other master hormones like insulin and estrogen and progesterone also are dysregulated. In fact, if your cortisol or your stress hormones are high, what we find is that our sex hormones like estrogen and progesterone are low. So if you are hoping to heal your hormone imbalances and also erase your period problems like acne or bloating, heavier irregular periods and severe PMS, what you need to do is address adrenal fatigue. And that means making sleep a big priority. All right. So let's talk about how would you even know if you have problems with your adrenal glands. So let's just say if you get a really good night's sleep, let's say you've been in bed, but you were in bed by 10 p.m. and you sleep a full uninterrupted eight to 10 hours during the night, and then you wake up the next morning and you feel hungover, right? What this could be showing you is that you might be experiencing the start of adrenal problems. There are some other symptoms that you can look out for um, that are symptoms that show up in the early stage of adrenal dysfunction, and they include things like low libido, um, inability to deal with stress, like you're, you just kind of maybe overreact more than you normally would to um, maybe small stressful situations, um, or if there's a big stress, it really can knock you down. Also, you might notice that you're having problems with concentration and memory. Maybe you are catching all the colds and all the flu, and you're just getting sick all the time. That's a huge uh, warning sign right there. Also, that feeling of just feeling depressed. If you're feeling depression kind of settling in, a lot of times it can be traced back to adrenal dysregulation. So there are some root causes of adrenal um, dysfunction. Some Several common factors um, that fuel adrenal problems are one of the one main ones is not listening to your body's internal clock when it tells us that we're tired, right? I think we're all guilty of this. Another factor is imbalances in our gut microbiome. That's because the gut microbiome is always in conversation with the adrenal glands, okay? Remember the adrenal glands produce that stress hormone cortisol. And when the gut flora is imbalanced, it can fuel problems with the adrenal system. And so many of us have gut issues, right? It's all about that healthy gut. But if there's something going on that's unhealthy um, in the gut, like for instance, if you have leaky gut syndrome, that can cause like the 
toxic substances to actually leak from your gut to the rest of your body. It goes, they go into the bloodstream and kind of go throughout the rest of the body where they shouldn't be. And what that does is it triggers inflammation. And then that inflammation stresses the adrenal glands, which makes those adrenal glands start to act erratically. So you can kind of see it's this vicious cycle, but also one of the biggest root causes um, of an overtired and poorly functioning adrenal system is not listening to your body when it's sending you signals clear as day that it's time to rest. You know, I would say it's a culture thing. Um, or I don't know if it's just a woman thing. I I think it's just both men and women, you know, just in the culture, we think we're, you know, I think we're trained to think that we're supposed to feel tired all of the time. Would you agree with that? I think we kind of find pride in it. Like it's something like a badge of honor, um, just, you know, feeling like we are keeping ourselves going. We, you know, it's, we take pride in being overbooked and overextended. We try to stay busy in order to achieve everything that we set out to achieve. For the most part, our brains can actually handle this. And especially as women, we're really good at multitasking. Um, we're really good at juggling work tasks and then taking care of the kids and meal planning and making sure we've got time for the girlfriends and we're socializing. And also maybe some of us are studying or we're, you know, all of those things. And, and we can pull this off and seem like we are succeeding, but our adrenal glands are a little more primitive than our brains are, and they do not like this mode, and they really cannot handle that mode um, for very long. They get burnt out very quickly by this modern woman's way of life, right? So this way of life also means that all too often that we skimp on sleep in order to do all the things, which makes adrenal imbalances and all other hormone imbalances way worse. All right, so the cause number two that I wanted to talk about is PMS-related insomnia. All right, this is definitely associated. You'll you'll notice that you might feel this during your luteal phase, for instance. In order to improve the quality of your sleep, it's so important to adopt lifestyle strategies that help balance your hormones naturally, right? That's because imbalanced hormones can affect the quality and the quantity of your sleep. let's talk about that PMS-related sleep problems, which is driven by hormonal imbalances like we've talked about. For instance, when PMS strikes, you're already feeling bloated, cranky, tired, you're moody, you know, all of this that happens the week before your period. Now add insomnia to the list, which makes the PMS symptoms you're experiencing already even worse. So again, it creates a vicious cycle. Uh, One that I know firsthand for sure. When my period problems were at their worst um, in my late 40s, I was always tired, but could never fall asleep. It was so frustrating. Um, But PMS-related insomnia doesn't really discriminate based on age. It actually can strike every menstruating woman. And But I will admit, it can be extra bad for women that are over age 35 when the hormonal shifts that happen like during perimenopause start to kick in. So just be aware of that. But girls in their 20s, teenage girls, There's girls of all ages that are dealing with um, hormonal causes of insomnia. All right, so let's talk about what causes insomnia the week before your period. So the week before our period when PMS strikes, like I said, is called the luteal phase. During the luteal phase, we have a big surge and then a rapid decline in both estrogen and progesterone. 
When our estrogen and progesterone are balanced in relation to each other, this rise and fall shouldn't trigger any symptoms. It shouldn't be any big deal. That's how it's designed to do. But when we have too much estrogen relative to our progesterone, it's a condition called estrogen dominance. And we all know what estrogen dominance is, right? And when we have this estrogen dominance, what we can experience um, is we can experience these PMS symptoms, which insomnia is one of those symptoms. And so it all makes sense. Estrogen dominance is triggered by a long list of common factors, um, stress, (laughs) again, but lack of self-care, poor diet, maybe not getting enough activity in the day. Maybe you're sitting too much. also exposure to environmental toxins, right? So this hormone imbalance is made worse if your progesterone levels are low overall, um, which is very common and can affect women of every age, but also which happens more often to women that are over the age of 35. That's because overall progesterone levels, they just naturally start trending downward during perimenopause. And many women are entering into perimenopause at the young age of 35 and it can last, you know, 15 years. It's, it's crazy. So lower progesterone, that's the problem is that it negatively impacts the production of melatonin. Okay. So melatonin is our sleep hormone and it is required for us to be able to fall asleep and not just fall asleep, but to actually stay asleep. So progesterone is a huge player and also helps to promote relaxation. And without enough of it, then we have trouble falling asleep easily. So progesterone is good for sleep. So um, there are also some common environmental factors that make the situation even worse. So one of the things that I always talk about, I know, is drinking caffeine because drinking caffeine caffeine is one of the major um factors, environmental factors that make the situation worse. So is using alcohol to wind down. Um, My wine drinking girlfriends call this their wind down time instead of wind down time. I thought that's kind of funny, but it's not doing their adrenal glands um, any favors. It's actually not making it possible, even though it can give them a relaxation um, feeling a relaxed feeling, it's not helping them to sleep and get the quality of sleep they need each night. So if you have adrenal fatigue, um, you may experience PMS-related insomnia as feeling like I've mentioned, that tired but wired, where you lay in bed exhausted, but you can't fall asleep. Um, And so that's something that is a definitely telltale sign. Also, micronutrient deficiencies including low levels of magnesium, zinc, um, also selenium can also fuel this problem, this um, insomnia. Magnesium is important because it also is a mineral that helps promote relaxation. So magnesium is awesome. Also selenium. Selenium is also important to help boost progesterone naturally um, and bring your reproductive hormones back into balance. So there's so many studies that are out there that show that zinc also can help improve sleep quality and quality, quantity and quality, sorry. So those, those nutrients right there, that magnesium, zinc, and selenium, those are key players and something you should definitely look into, um, making sure you're getting foods that are high in those nutrients. And if not, making sure that you are supplementing and getting them into your body somehow so that your body can um, take advantage of all of the calming effects and the way that they help us to get that deep sleep. All right. Cause number three, this can be a cause in and of itself and it's perimenopause, right? We just talked a little bit about it. Um, it's that time of our life, you know, it, like I said, it can happen 
35 years and, you know, and, and above, but it's just happening more and more commonly a little bit younger now. The hormonal fluctuations that come along with perimenopause, like these are the years, if you don't know what perimenopause is, these are the years that come just before menopause. And they are notorious for causing sleepless nights. I would say if you haven't had insomnia, once you get into perimenopause, when things start kind of changing, if you haven't been taking care of yourself and you're not using her time, by the way, then this will be a time in your life when you will probably experience it for the first time. Perimenopause is when a woman's ovaries begin to move from ovulating like clockwork to not ovulating anymore. So this is accomplished by um, slowing down um, and the steady rise of follicle-stimulating hormone, or we also call it FSH. And it also is associated with um, fluctuating estrogen levels. So over time, these fluctuating hormone levels become waning hormone levels, and then they stop signaling the process of ovulation altogether, which is what becomes menopause. So think of it, of this as kind of like a reverse puberty, right? And levels of melatonin, which we've talked about is the sleep promoting hormone, also drop as we get older during this phase of perimenopause. There are lots of experts out there that think that it is the decreases in both estrogen and melatonin, um, and then the interactions between these and other hormones that give rise to perimenopausal and then also menopausal sleep complaints. So I actually recommend, um, I, have t- I have three top strategies, I would say, for having symptom-free periods, perimenopause, menopause, all of that. But since we're specifically talking about per- perimenopause, first, you'll want to practice phase-based eating, okay? We talk about how important it is to work with our bodies, um, natural, like four different phases of our monthly cycle, right? And there's certain foods that we should eat depending on what phase of our month that we are in. So that means changing, you know, like the different foods that help to support that optimal hormone balance and metabolism, depending on what phase you're in. And we have talked about that in previous episodes. Um, So I won't go over it right now in this episode, but just know that it's really cool. If you can learn about phase-based self-care and eating and exercise and all of that, it makes a huge difference. This approach to eating though, if we just talk about the eating part, it provides the most variety of micronutrients to support overall hormonal imbalance or hormonal balance. Um, It also ensures that you're getting key foods at critical times to break down the excess levels of estrogen that can cause breakouts and PMS and all of that. So not to mention that this approach also, like it helps improve the quality of when it is time for you to bleed. It makes that much more bearable and lot it lightens the flow. It makes it so that you don't have the cramping and the pain that can be associated or the mood swings. It also helps to support fertility and it helps to boost sex drive. It also helps to boost your energy and mood. So it's really important when you can learn to work with your body's phases. It's amazing how your body just like gets into its rhythm and it just, you feel amazing, right? So, all right. Also, you're going to want to engage in phase-based exercise too. So the eating part is important, but also just the movement part about, we talked all about this actually in last week's episode or last week's, yeah, last week's episode. Um, So you can go back and listen to that. We go through and talk about what type of exercise you should be doing during each of the four phases of our monthly cycle. So the cyclical nature of our 28-day menstrual cycle, what it does is it provides this perfect architecture for planning how to work out and when to work out. And during each phase of our menstrual cycle, 
there's different times that our body is primed for different kinds of exercise. So at certain times during the luteal phase and during menstruation, like for example, the nutrients and hormones in your body are directed toward building up the lining of our uterus. So they won't have all the internal resources we need to be able to work out at full capacity and just go hard, right? So during the other phases though, that's the time. That's the time that our body can channel all of its resources into a really strong workout. And so that's what why it's so important to pay attention to what phase we're in because we really can like take advantage of the power that comes through each phase. By engaging in phase-based exercise, what happens is that we end up saving ourselves from exhaustion and that burnout feeling that comes from over-exercising and then having really tough symptoms every single month. Um, it's just one of those things that we don't ever put two and two together and realize that it is playing a huge part in how we feel during that luteal phase and then into the menstrual phase. The third thing I want you guys to think about is you're going to want to maximize your micronutrients. So we talk about this a lot, how we want to have a food first approach, right? We want to be eating the most healthy foods that are in their most whole state, but it's very hard to get all the nutrients we need. So this is where supplements come into play. So supplements like Her Time really are kind of a non-negotiable for keeping hormones balanced and especially to keep them stable as we go through our every stage of our life, you know, our reproductive years, of course, but then also as we enter into perimenopause and to menopause and all of that. So supplementing with specific micronutrients, what it does is it gives the body the extra support it needs during the times of our hormonal transitions, which can make them so much better. All right, well, let's talk about also cause number four, which is postpartum. This is a stage of life too, you know, we don't really talk about it that much. Um, but that time right after you have a baby, it's like your hormones are on a roller coaster, right? And this hormone roller coaster can totally throw off our sleep too. So of course, just having a baby, right? Like we've talked about and taking care of that baby makes getting great sleep really hard <laughs> as an understatement. Um, so one of my key pieces of advice is that in the first months after giving birth, this is the time to try to sleep when your baby's sleeping and then anytime you can get, right? In addition, you're also going to just want to engage in that phase-based eating, um, especially when your period returns. So start getting in that habit, even though you might not be going through those four different stages of the month because your period hasn't necessarily started. So you might not know where you're at during the month, but start getting in that kind of phase-based approach eating so that when your period does return, that it will not return with a vengeance and you will actually just feel so much more balanced and it will just be an easier ride. Um, I highly recommend that you supplement with her baby through your pregnancy, but also as you're going through that postpartum um, period, okay? Also, what's really important is try to add a probiotic and also a fish oil. Really great nutrients, things that we need um, to be able to give our body the support that it, it deserves after everything has just been through, right? Also, during this time, focus more on sleeping than on making time for exercise in the months after pregnancy. I know that once we have that baby, we're so excited to get our body back. We're so excited to do the things that we weren't able to necessarily do while we were pregnant, but you want to go slow. You want to give yourself the time to rest and recover. And if you do, your body will thank you. And then when your period does return, then you can start to return to exercise and then also start syncing that with your cycle as well. All right. Another thing that causes 
issues is not paying attention to sleep cues. So one of the biggest issues we face in getting to sleep is ignoring the signs that we're actually tired. Sometimes our body's just screaming at us. Um, You know, I think we're trained, like I said, from an early age to push right past those signals. And we do it over and over again. Um, We might start yawning at 8.30 or 9 p.m., but in our push to be go-getters or to sneak in one more episode of our favorite streaming show on Netflix or whatever, we dismiss the signs that we're tired and then then we try to do everything we can to stay awake. And it's often much later than 9 p.m. Although when you get to my age, I call myself a baby grandma because I am just all about that sleep. And it's 9 p.m. and I'm like, okay, it's time for bed. I just want to go to bed so bad. When you're young, you know, when a lot younger than like teenagers, it's natural for us. We we just naturally follow the body's cues. Um, and so when we're tired, you know, we we just go to sleep. I remember seeing this with my kids. They'd get tired. They'd rub their eyes. They want a bit to eat. Um, they'd want a little cuddle and then they're out and there was no fighting it. And it was just a routine and they slept often. They slept a lot. As we get older, we often ignore those cues that our body's trying to give to us um, that tell us that we're tired. So we might start yawning, but we ignore it and keep on working or reading or binging Netflix. And you know, even though our eyes are starting to feel heavy, we just try to push through it intent on playing one more round of cards with friends or whatever, cha- finishing that chapter that we're on in our book. Um, you know, all of that stuff. We're all guilty of it, right? So our first step in the quest to get more sleep is to actually just simply start tuning into your body, start paying attention to those signs that you're tired, and then follow through with those signs and go straight to bed. The next step is to uncover sleep st- your sleep story. And I'll kind of explain what I mean by that. Um, and what you're going to do is uncover the sleep story and then make specific targeted changes to address your ne- unique sleep dysregulation. So to explain what I mean by sleep story, I just wanted to gather some questions that you girls have sent in about some dysregulations that are actually very common. So let me just quickly address some of those because maybe you'll be able to relate to some of them. So I'm just going to kind of explain what the problem is and then give you a quick fix. All right. So um, this girl said that she can't fall asleep until super late. All right. So what this could mean is that you're getting a surge of cortisol late in the evening and it's what's keeping you awake. That's what we've been talking about, that wired but tired feeling. So the quick fix is one of them, it could be just to use her nightly. So her nightly, what it does is our, it's Mixer's product that helps to soothe adrenal fatigue. And it also helps to provide a little bit of melatonin and helps to regulate, regulate our melatonin and our cortisol levels. So when, when you have the choice, what I'm going to say is always prioritize sleep over, over every other activity. So if your choice is between a very early morning workout and getting more sleep to sleep. This is huge. All right. So another girl said that she wakes up every night around 3 a.m. So this, when I hear this, what I know kind of right off is that most likely this could be a sign that your liver is working overtime during the night. That's the time of night when our body is detoxing. And so if you're waking up at that time of night, that's right when your your liver's that's most active. It could be telling you that you are either estrogen dominant or you're um, being exposed to too many toxins and it's making that liver have to work even harder. Okay. So some of the things that you can fix, one of the biggest thing is don't drink alcohol before bed. That's That puts a huge burden on our liver. We also want to support our liver with some supplements. So some of the supplements that I like um, are things like curcumin, milk thistle, and burdock root. 
And these are all really helpful. They help strengthen the liver and help promote um, really effective liver production or um, it helps the liver to do its job basically. So what I also encourage you girls to do is to also engage in liver supportive like habits, like infrared sauna bathing. That's something I love to do. Or if you don't have an infrared sauna, if you could get into the bathtub and put some Epsom salts in there, that helps also to help support that liver. But also just every single day, try to fit in in a lot of cruciferous vegetables. Now we've tried to make this a little easier for you by creating Her Greens. Her Greens is full of cruciferous vegetables as well as other greens that help to support liver detoxification. So hugely important and could actually help you with your insomnia issues. All right. Another girl said that she wakes up feeling super groggy or kind of like a zombie every morning. So this is actually could be a sign of hypoglycemia. And I don't think a lot of people like know that, but hypoglycemia is when your blood sugar is very low. So one of the ways that you can fix this is to really just focus on working on your blood sugar balance by eating plenty of healthy fats, but also including and focusing a lot on good, clean proteins. And if you are going to eat carbs, make sure that they're they're complex, high fiber carbs and make sure you kind of balance these three macronutrients at every single meal. And what that does is does wonders for balancing your blood sugar. Also, I would just say, avoid those simple carbs, those simple sugars, you know, um, all that processed sugar and stuff like that that's found in so many things. Just avoid it as much as possible. Okay. Another one that you might think was just you, but Do you ever have to wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom to go to pee? Yeah. So this girl said that she has to wake up every single night in the middle of the night and she has to go pee. So what this could be telling us is that you may have a magnesium deficiency and or this could be a sign that you are experiencing adrenal dysregulation. So the the easy fix for that is to make sure that you're supplementing with magnesium. Now we do have magnesium in several of our supplements. It's kind of scattered throughout, but especially in our Her her Multi or in our Her Baby, there's um, good levels of magnesium in there that can help with this. Um, All right. So let's talk about how to put PMS insomnia to bed for good, right? To get more high quality sleep, we just want to do these things. These are some long-term strategies that can help you get better sleep and say goodbye to insomnia, especially if you're dealing with it the week before your period. So this is easy. I'm just going to kind of go through it fast. We just talked about maximizing our magnesium. This is important. Make sure you have optimal levels of the key micronutrients that help promote sleep. So magnesium, yes, but also zinc um, is also important. Optimal micronutrient levels also help to address underlying hormone imbalances that could be causing the insomnia as well. So super important. We want to make sure that we're getting in those micronutrients, um, especially magnesium. Okay. Ditch the caffeine. You know this one already, but it's worth repeating. Caffeine is bad for a good night's sleep, no matter when during the day you drink it. Caffeine is also really bad for hormone balance. Our hormones do not like caffeine. So skip the soda, skip the java, any, any, all that caffeinated tea, whatever it is, your hormones will really thank you. The other thing is, is eat specific foods right after you ovulate. Okay. So we ovulate right in the middle of our cycle. Every girl's different, but somewhere around that day, 14 to 17. Um, and then, so then you go into that second half of our 28 day menstrual cycle. And this is when we're going to have a lot more estrogen circulating through our body. Okay. We just built all of that estrogen during the first half of our month and now it's just there. What we need to do is 
help our body to metabolize the extra estrogen that's floating around more efficiently. So again, like we talked about, cruciferous vegetables, that broccoli, that cauliflower, that bok choy, Brussels sprouts, all of those veggies are especially important for estrogen detox during this phase. All right, the more effectively our body handles estrogen during the second half of our cycle, the easier it will be for us to fall asleep as well as the less likely we will be to have all of the other symptoms that are associated with that time of the month. So to help boost your intake of these nutrients, you should add in, like I said, her greens. It's jam-packed full of great cruciferous vegetables. Also, if you didn't know, her smoothie too, very full of um, sulforaphane, which is what comes from cruciferous vegetables. So add that to your day and it can help you sleep better. Also, you know, we talked about how progesterone is very important for good quality sleep. So we want to do everything we can to boost our progesterone production. So taking a high quality vitamin B6 supplement, like what's in her multi, can also help boost your progesterone levels. Another helpful supplement for boosting progesterone is her time. In fact, that's like the whole purpose of her time is it helps to support um, healthy, natural progesterone production. Um, it has ingredients, white peony root, Chinese licorice, Siberian ginseng, donkoy, and giant kelp leaf. And all of these plants and herbs have been used for centuries to support hormone health. And they definitely help to increase that progesterone production. All right, we got to also do the best we can to tackle our stress. Um, there's an adaptogenic herb out there. You guys have heard me talk about it. You've seen it in many of our products at Mixers. It's called ashwagandha. And what ashwagandha does is it supports our adrenal glands. It's like our adrenal glands just love this stuff. It helps to calm down our stress response. And it can also help us to fall asleep more easily. So that's why we have ashwagandha in her nightly. And it is also in her love. Um, and if you're interested in yoga, I'm just going to throw this out there because I know that there's a lot of you that maybe do yoga, but there's a style of yoga that is such a calming practice and it's called yoga nidra. And it's this practice that helps to ease stress and promote sleep. And I love doing it personally at night, right before I'm going to go to bed. All right. Those next tip you girls are going to love. We need to orgasm more. Yep more orgasms. It's relaxing. It helps to balance our hormones and it is really awesome for helping us to drift off into a relaxing sleep. Okay. This one is a big one and I know it's hard to do. We need to avoid blue light at night. And I know that it's going to be almost nearly impossible to get everybody to just turn off all of their blue light screens as soon as the sun goes down. Um, because you know, that light that's emitted by our computer or, you know, iPad or our phone or whatever, what it does, girls, is that it shuts down the body's production of melatonin and it totally messes with our sleep. Um, so what I'm going to say is at least uh, invest in a pair of blue light blocking glasses. You know, um, that can help definitely to help, you know, protect your eyes from being exposed to that blue light, especially at night if you are needing to be in front of a screen. But, you know, even better, guys, if you can just skip the screens altogether, at least for an hour before bed, it will help so much. Okay, we talk about routines a lot here. So it's important for us to try to adopt a nighttime routine. We talk about morning routines. Nighttime routines are important too. You know, when it comes to young children, we know instinctively that they all need a nighttime routine to calm their bodies and their brains and to help get them ready for bed. So we usually kind of create these routines like giving them a bath and reading a story in bed and listening to soothing music or maybe like a little foot or a back rub, right? Well, the need for comfort and calm before bed is no different for adults. Um, but we often just 
don't do that for ourselves. Um, we expect to work and we expect to do our chores up until the last minute and then fall into bed and drift pleasantly to sleep. But we need the same mental and physical preparation, right? So if we can just carve out at least 20 minutes or even like a half an hour, even better to transition to bedtime, oh, it'll be the best. And I think we all deserve it. And I think we need to commit to ourselves that we will start doing that. A relaxing ritual before we climb into bed can really make a huge difference. All right. I know that was a lot of information and I don't know if you're like me. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to climb into bed right now. Um, Can't wait to go to sleep. I hope that you girls learned a lot during this episode and that you guys can find some ways to work a lot of these strategies into your life. Insomnia can be a big you-know-what. And so it's so important for us to get a handle on our sleep as soon as possible, as soon as we start noticing this is becoming a problem. Sleep is so connected to our hormonal health and it really does affect every aspect of our life. And we all deserve to have our beauty sleep. We want to look and feel our best for as long as possible. So... Before you guys go to sleep tonight, I want to, before we end this episode too, I just want you guys to do something real quick, all right? As we're saying goodbye, will you guys, before you uh, click off, will you guys go and quickly rate our podcast and tell us what you liked about it? What we are hoping is that we want to help our podcast grow, sorry, because we have the goal to get some really cool guests on here to share their knowledge with all of us. And the more ratings and reviews that we have, the better the guests that we can get onto the It's Her Time podcast. So this would help us so much and we'd really appreciate it. We really do appreciate every one of you for being such loyal listeners. Our podcast is growing. And so we are wanting to recognize all of you that have been listening and tuning in every single Tuesday um, and sharing these episodes with your friends, all the girls in your life. You know, we do really look forward to every Tuesday to chat some more about all of the things that are so awesome about being girls, right? So it's fun. Let's, we hope that you guys will return back next week and that during this week, you have a great, a great week of great sleep, right? Um, Just so you know, too. This week, we are having a fun week, actually all month, because we are celebrating our second birthday at Mixers. It's already been a party. Um, we're just halfway through um, August, not even quite halfway, but it's been a party so far and it's going to last all month. And so we would love for you guys to join in on the fun that we're having. So a lot of our fun is happening over on our Instagram account at Mixers, M-I-X-H-E-R-S. And But also, those of you that aren't on Instagram, hopefully you are on our mailing list. Our email list is amazing. And it's a place where you get special offers sent to you. And so if you haven't joined our email list, just go down to the show notes while you're leaving your rating and review and just quickly follow the link and become one of our Mixers girls because it's the best group of girls either. And it is a lot of fun. And there's a lot of things that you get um, being on our email list that you don't even get over at Instagram. So it's something that it's worth it. So Thank you again. I just wanted to say you guys are the best and we love and appreciate that you tune in every single week. I hope that again, you'll enjoy, you'll join us again next week for another fun episode. Jess and I are looking forward to it. We can't wait to talk um, again about some other fun subjects that are coming up. So with that, you guys have a good night's sleep. I love you lots. Take care and we will talk soon. Bye. Bye.